Hello? Hello? Yep, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yep. Cool. There's Tom. Yep. Hey, guys. What's up, guys? All right. How's everyone doing tonight? Great. How about yourself? Well, um, ask me in about probably an hour after this Nats-Dodgers game, game four of the NLDS. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's nothing like playoff baseball. I am having heart palpitations, basically. (laughs) Um, uh, All right. Well, it's about 9 o'clock Monday night, October 7th. There's a new coach in town in Washington. Welcome to the Hogcast. My name is Tom Natale. You can find me complaining about them just about every hour up by the hour at Tom underscore Natale. Guys, go ahead. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack P. Brizendine. And you can find me on Twitter at Coach underscore Web. Yeah. Um, if you notice some of the things that we do on Twitter, Josh provides excellent analysis. Jack does bits where he actually thinks he can we can beat the Patriots and <laughs> – I incessantly complain about them, so it's a really nice dynamic we got, guys. <laughs> we got it all covered. Jack, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, no, I was just messing with you. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I wonder what we're going to talk about today, um, tonight, because, um, oh boy, uh, I, I think we all kind of anticipated this. Jay Gruden fired at 5 o'clock this morning. I don't know why it had to be at 5 a.m. and telling him to come to the office, but... Here we are, and, um, well, it's gotten worse. And with really no end in sight, Bruce Allen spoke for the first time in what appears, what what feels like years to me. Um, But, yeah, that's kind of where we're at, guys. What are are we thinking right now? I don't even know at this point. I mean, it's been stated that they don't want to play Baker. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm watching the Browns game. I lost train of thought. It's apparent that they don't play Haskins until later in the season. Sure. But I I just feel like at this point, this season is just a wash. I mean, we I know we expected Gruden to be fired, and Mm -hmm. it made sense after the blowout loss to New England. But at this point, it just feels like a season that's going to be lost, and we can get a nice draft haul out of it. One would think. Yeah, the thing that I took away, especially from and, – and you were right, Tom. It was actually the first time Bruce, Bruce Allen had a press conference and spoke out publicly since 2015, <clears throat> which is just astonishing to think that a yeah. president was able to hide for four years. But the, the one thing that stood out was the fact that he – you know, and I quote, uh, the Redskins have a damn good culture. Yeah, I wrote that down. Damn sure. good culture. Guys, we had a new winning off the field uh, quote. <laughs> Winning one off the field. I, I, I saw him say that, and I just stopped for a second. And I said, you know what? This guy's even bigger, and I this is probably a little aggressive. He's even more of a moron than I thought he was. Really? And uh, I think this was what we anticipated in terms of the Jay Gruden thing and from what they said that, you know, he was supposed to be gone last week, but mm-hmm. Snyder didn't want the interim coach's first, first uh, you know, the, the debut to be against a team like New England, which sure. – that almost seems counterproductive in a way because then you just had a guy, a dead man walking for a week. So, um, culture, culture, my ass. (laughs) Only way I can put it. Mm -hmm. I I can't tell which is worse. If he's lying about it or if he truly believes that the culture is good. Either way, it's pretty concerning. I I mean, I delusional doesn't even give it justice. I I'm with you. I I, I don't know what I would want to say. Um, it, it's, it's to a point where I, 
I think we've surpassed our anger where now we're just like, I, I, what do we do? Uh, guys, what, as fans, what do we do? I'm not even sure because as you guys are probably aware, I went to the game yesterday yep. and it just, it, it felt like an away game. It really mm-hmm. did. I, it, it, there's like no other way to describe it. There were multiple times where there were Brady chants. Mm-hmm. It seemed like whenever the offense had a third down, mm-hmm. there was defense roaring through the stadium. It, it just, I mean, if, if an outcome like yesterday, as far as fan attendance doesn't get the front office's attention, I, I don't really don't know what will. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a complete takeover by New England fans. I've heard it was about 75-25. Does that sound about right? I would say closer to like 85-15. It wow. felt ridiculous. Sure. Wow. Um, that's pretty bad. <laughs> and Jack, what, any of your thoughts? I mean, Josh, sorry. The problem with that is, though, um, you know, you'd expect fans to stop going, but teams, other teams, visiting teams, are getting tickets for so cheap. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of the day, it feels like as long as Snyder's getting paid, he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it'd be real easy if if the stadium was half empty. Like I, I don't know if you guys seen Cincinnati yesterday; they're yep. literally half empty. Um, and if we could get some kind of an effect like that to where Dana Snyder mm-hmm. could wake up as soon as his wallet gets a little thinner, yep, then maybe that would get his attention. But visiting fans find it so easy to get tickets and, and roll in and, and have a yeah. good time in DC for the weekend. And exactly. It's, uh, it's hurting us. It, it really is because it, at what point is he going to wake up and realize that, which, you know, we've said that for the last 20 years, he's owned a team. At what point is he going to wake up and realize that, that there needs to be a big change? And sure. as long as as long as long he's getting paid, I don't think there will be. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I, I was at a game against the Jets years and years ago during, like, the Rex Ryan days. And there were so many Jets fans. And there was a couple of Jets fans sitting in front of us. So And they were nice guys. And I, I asked them, I was like, why are there so many of you here? And they said, uh, it's pretty easy. You know, we, we have a good team. This is when they were still competing for the playoffs. And, you know, we, uh, we know we beat you guys and have a good weekend in D.C. It's a win-win for us. I'm like, I hate everything that you just said. But it's so accurate. <laughs> but you're, it's so accurate. It's well, so accurate. A big thing yesterday that I heard was a lot of Patriots fans came down because paying for the flight and to get the tickets were a lot cheaper than they were uh-huh. in Foxborough just because the that team too. is so good that – it 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 makes more sense to come down here and watch a team that you know you'll beat. And I think I think to some extent the opposing teams won't have as big of an impact when we do play teams like Detroit and mm-hmm. you know New York later in the year. But I don't know. I definitely I don't know what could have been worse than yesterday. Yeah, and you know I I will say we you guys know this. I missed uh, my band had a gig yesterday right in front of Nats Park, so that became a pretty awesome opportunity one that i couldn't uh you know not not take but um but really my my sundays from the as long as i can remember have been dictated on well my childhood was going to church and then going to the reds and then watching the game i mean there was between one and four four o'clock p.m or four to seven whatever do not bother me because redskins is the most important thing and I willingly missed my first Redskins game in 15 years. And I, I was okay. I, I, I couldn't believe it. Like I thought I would have, be so anxious and checking my phone every two seconds and doing this, doing that. I just, you know, I, I went about my day and it was kind of, um, 
I don't know. It, it was more gratifying than I anticipated. Yeah, I mean, I had a similar similar sort of effect yesterday. I woke up and, you know, my girl, they, they had the races at Dover Downs. So mm-hmm. uh, my girl was kind of working there, you know, something that we do yearly. And she had my car, her car's in the shop. So mm-hmm. I knew I was going to get my car until about two thirty, three o'clock, somewhere around there. And the first thought on my mind when I woke up was like, man, I can't wait for the nap. Yeah. Totally didn't even think about the Redskins. And once I sat down on my on my recliner at one o'clock with a, you know, a nice nice bowl of mac and cheese, I was kind of sitting there and I turned on Red Zone and I was very happy. Yeah. I was very happy to be watching Red Zone and and watching some good football and yeah. keeping up with the fantasy teams and then uh, you know getting ready for the Nats game and then finally she brought the car back and I was like, hey, it's you know it's a, it's a twelve seven game. Let me let me drive up here to the casino and. You know, they have all the games on, and let me go. Let me go see, watch the second half. And it felt like the second I walked through the door, <laughs> I was miserable ten minutes later, like yeah. I have for the last two years, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a, it was a weird effect that I was sitting there, and I was like, "Why did I drive up here? Sit around all these drunk idiots mm-hmm. to to watch them when I was completely content at home, <laughs> just relaxing and watching Red Zone." Yeah, I mean, th- this is. You know, I, 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 these are conversations I never thought we'd have. And, you know, for basically our entire lives, we haven't witnessed any kind of, you know, anything of value, what, what two playoff wins, as we've stated multiple times. Um, but I've never stooped, steeped whatever down to this level where I, I mean, Josh, we just told the same exact story. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I can't believe this is coming out of my mouth. Yeah, and I, I just to go off of your point, Josh, I, I hate that I'm getting that way too. I mean, I've had it, this is the first year in the however many years I've started watching football where I really at some points do care way more about my fantasy team than I do the Redskins. I mean, mm-hmm. there were times yesterday where I was just rooting for Julian Edelman to get a huge bomb touchdown so I could sure. light up my opponent. But and I hate that because it's it's not how you should watch football, but. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's gotten to a point where that's more interesting than your team. Yeah, and I almost wanted us to lose just to rub it in Snyder's face. And I was talking to one of my really good friends, lifelong friends, who is a season ticket holder. His family is since the RFK days. And he texted me tonight and goes, I am actively rooting for them, rooting for them to lose because I hate Snyder so much. Yeah, it's just – it's really just uh, – the trickle down effect to this has just been crazy. God, that's so sad. Yeah. That we have to root against our own team so the owner will wake up. Mm-hmm. I mean, even some teams, like, you know, a lot of Cowboy fans aren't big fans of Jerry, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they know Jerry's going to get the job done. Sure. No matter how obnoxious he is or, or what he says in the media. Yep. Um, they at least, they're confident in his ability. And I think the fact that we're, not only do we not like the guy that we have, mm-hmm. our owner, we just don't believe in his vision or his ability. Yeah, I, I would really say quite simply the jig is up. Yeah, for sure. Like for sure. no one's going to believe you anymore, buddy. And like if you want to sell your tickets to Patriots fans, then then go ahead. But we're no longer going to give you our time of day. And, you know, it was incredible. I, I was thinking about this yesterday as I was down at Nats Park right before the you know game three of the NLDS. And there were, it was a sold out house, um, sold out stadium, sold out show I played. And there's just thousands and thousands and thousands of, of young kids, uh, of families wearing their, you know, the curly W's and red jerseys. And on a Sunday afternoon, 
You know, this is a town that has been football dominant since ever. And it's gone. Like they're, people are just taking their, um, taking their interests elsewhere. And, and especially they should be watching the Nats. I mean, this team's better. They should be watching the Capitals. Yeah. Like you, you deserve better as a fan. You know, I, I was always one of those avid fans that like, you, you need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I'm like, you know what? I do what you want. I get it. I understand. Sports are supposed to be enjoyable for us. It's supposed to be a distraction. I think to some degree, it's just DC fans just are in such, they just have such a crave for competitiveness that the (laughs) Redskins have not been able to provide. And so even if you haven't watched the Nats all year like I haven't, mm-hmm. I mean, I still really enjoy watching their playoff games. Yeah. Just because it's, it's interesting, and they're competing against really good talent, and mm-hmm. they're holding up. Mm-hmm. And it's something that the Redskins can't – they can't say they have been doing that. So it, it's a little more enjoyable to watch teams like the Nats and the Caps play because you see the effort there, and you see the competition that you just don't with Washington. Yeah, and especially the from the ownership standpoint of both the Nats and the Caps, respectively, and Ted Leonsis and Ted Lerner, even though Leonsis is a terrible NBA owner. That's a whole other topic. But um, these guys have um, you know, promoted from within. They've developed their teams through the draft and through you know, essentially actively tanking and, and empowering the right people. And look what happened. It worked. And they ran a stable, they ran a stable, common sense friendly organization, organizations for that matter. And now they have good fan bases. It, it, this is not difficult at, at its core. And I just feel like anything Snyder does is just really the antithesis of, you know, good business practices, good organizational practices. Yeah, they think that goes to the product. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you brought up how, and I think we've talked about this already a few times, the, the, the visiting fans taking over the stadium, it kind of reminds me of the kid when uh, I would go watch the Orioles at Camden Yards. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, there was a big quote, like, well, the, the, you know, when they played the Red Sox, the mass holes are coming in town. Mm-hmm. Because it was so cheap to take a train or to just drive down from Boston. Yep. Get a ticket into Camden Yards for five bucks, yeah. and they completely take over the stadium. And I remember about four or five years ago when the Orioles were in the the year they went to the ALCS. I went to a game when they played Boston, and it was beautiful to see a sea of orange. There was very minimal Red Sox fans, mm-hmm. and you know, it kind of brings you to the point to where how do you fix it? Well, you put a better product on the field. Sure. And that's where, like yesterday, was quite apparent. This is kind of the point I'm getting to off of what you just said is. The, in, the infrastructure of the Patriots has been rock solid for 20 years, and they've won. Mm-hmm. And it feels like with us, it's just a mess. You don't know who week in and week out is going to be coaching, who's mm-hmm. going to be playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and at the end of the day, the only way to fix this is to put a good product on the field. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, it's almost unfathomable to me. It's hard to be this bad. It's hard to be this delusional, this stupid. I mean, I know we already said moronic, too. Like, I just – what is coming out of Bruce Allen's mouth today um, and, and, you know, Snyder's lack of accountability, it's um, it, it really just almost it defies logic. I mean, especially from a, a self-made billionaire. I mean, you would think someone that was as successful as he was in the business world could somehow find some translatable skills. Um, that is <laughs> you know, quite the opposite. No, I think at this point, it's just I, I... I think he keeps tripping over himself, whether he wants to 
make as much money as possible. And then mm-hmm. once we start losing, he gets pissed off and he wants to mm-hmm. win. And when that doesn't work, he just goes back to money. It's a never ending cycle because it seems like once everything starts to go well, it's just self-destruction hits mm-hmm. and they become a little too greedy and then it just tears everything down. I understand. And you know, it's uh, the Joe Theismann was on one of six, seven today uh, with Grant and Danny. And he obviously has a, a close personal relationship with Dan and with Bruce and Joe Theismann said, like Dan is absolutely devastated. This is his baby. And he loves the Redskins. This is his baby. And he kept on repeating that and how much it means to him. I'm like, uh, well, if this is in fact his baby, then I'm reporting him for child to child protective services. <laughs> you know, like this is, uh, it just doesn't add up. And, uh, you know, to me, well, I think why I'm so discouraged because there's no end in sight. Uh, Bruce Allen is still employed by this team. And, you know, Dan Snyder is in his mid fifties and he's not going anywhere. And it appears to be in good health. And, you know, not that I wish it will on anybody, but, um, you know, we're going to be stuck in the same circle. And uh, and that's what is just, I guess, so devastating about this. Yeah, and I, I felt like the just something, like the Gruden firing just happened to be a thing. I thought something would make me feel a little more optimistic, but mm-hmm. it, it really didn't. I mean, when Callahan was up at the – up at the presser, it just it sounded like the teachers from the Charlie Brown cartoons. Like it's mm-hmm. just I I don't know what to do and it feels like one of those things where really nothing changed after he was fired. They kept everyone except for Gruden. Mm-hmm. And I think like you said, until there's management changes, nothing else is really gonna okay. kind of be affected. Do you, do you see a scenario in which, you know, Bruce steps away at the end of the season? Could that very well happen? Or maybe just reduce to a role about just, you know, acquiring the stadium, just something along those lines? Um, I've read the report that he wants to be in it until he can reach a deal with somewhere, I think, in Ashburn for a stadium. but uh-huh. And then be become a minority owner, I think it was that I read. So I, I don't see him pulling out unless he really finds the – uh, an opportunity with the Raiders when they head to Vegas that sure. that might be intriguing to them. Okay. Yeah, I think even the friendship between Bruce and John Gruden at this point can't pull him away. I think even John Gruden would have to look at his tenure in DC and say, "Why would I want that?" Yeah. Coming to Vegas with a brand new stadium, brand new brand, you know, kind of those sort of things. But uh, I, I wish Bruce would step away and. Mm-hmm. You know, we can talk about our hatred for him and, and the lack of the job he's done, but I said this last week. What what kind of self-awareness does it take for somebody to finally realize, like, mm-hmm. okay, I've screwed this whole thing up. This just wasn't my best work. It's time for me to move on. Sure. And, and um, I, I think that it goes back to kind of his ego with the whole Scott McLuhan thing. Remember, mm-hmm. he, that was – he was trying to find a way, no matter what it was, to get Scott McLuhan out of town because Scott McLuhan was getting a lot of credit for the success. Yeah. And I think he didn't like that. And I think he would rather be the head honcho with a bad team than maybe the second guy on a good team. Sure. And, uh, you know, I don't think there's anything that kind of supports otherwise at this point. And the worst part is, is that he's gotten so close with Dan mm-hmm. that that buddy-buddy relationship isn't going to make Dan force him to leave. Yeah. You know, and, and like there could be a way where Bruce steps down, where Dan's basically saying, like, look, man, either you step down or I'm going to fire you. Yeah, well, and this is much worse than his relationship with Vinny. I mean, it's been longer and, and you know, much more controversial. 
Oh, absolutely. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, Josh and I have been pretty steadfast on not going to that stadium, I believe. Jack, has your opinion changed since yesterday? Um, I'm not sure. Completely. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. at this point, I'm not sure of anything. Okay. All right, I I understand. I'm not sure if I'm going to watch on Sunday again, but knowing me, I probably will. Um, you know, if, if anything good came out of today, anything at all, it's for me is uh, Kevin O'Connell is going to be calling plays from now on. Um, you know, at this point, it I, I like that uh, opportunity for him because he doesn't have to take the head coaching reins, um, which will certainly uh, be a burden, as I can imagine, at least for the duration of this season. And uh, let's see what he can do creatively and, you know, putting you know, our, our quarterbacks in good positions and, and so on and so forth. Yeah, hopefully there's some, some intuity being mm-hmm. you know, placed from here on out. And I think that was one thing that really stood out with, with Jay was you look at a guy like Pat Shermer who was fired, took a coordinator job, then mm-hmm. got another job as a head coach. And his offense that he's running in New York is completely different than what he did in Cleveland. And mm-hmm. I think it also, it's it, football is what is like, it's, especially the NFL, it's a copycat league where sure. th- things change constantly and things are, new ideas are brought in and old ideas are brought back in a new way. And it felt like even, even Jay's brother, John out in Oakland is running a lot of different stuff than he ran mm-hmm. back 10 years ago when he was a head coach. Sure. And Jay was running the same old 1990s West coast offense that really just was so basic and was so easy to defend. And Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully that with Kevin coming in and and taking over, and obviously you can't completely change the entire offense in the middle of the season, but Mm -hmm. hopefully he can find ways to get, you know, Steven Sims, the ball creatively right is obviously a playmaker. And I think this for the last few weeks and uh, maybe, maybe get a run game started. And, and if you could do those things successfully, I think you can, probably let Haskins play a little bit and, and um, hopefully you can see the best coming out of him. Sure. But, um, you know, that, that was one thing. It just seemed like everything with Jay got stale from the offense to the locker room. And yeah. Some people had said, well, it seemed like over the last few weeks he lost the locker room. Yeah. I think Tom, both you and I, actually, I think all three of us agreed. We don't even know if he had the locker room coming into the season. Yeah. I mean, you don't lose it that quickly. It felt like after week one, he'd already lost it. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know if he had it coming into the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. And I mean, you know, they, there was a reason why he was the most likely uh, coach to be fired going into, into the season, according to Vegas. And I also feel like that's one of the reasons why, uh, you know, another defensive coordinator wasn't hired just because he knew this was going to be a, a staff that's most likely going to be overhauled come the offseason. And that's an amazing part to me is that Minuski didn't get canned today either. I, I, I that was, that yes. was in both of them. I, I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. I, I am shocked. And as I understand it now that uh, Bill Callahan has complete reins over his staff. Is that correct? Yep. Oh, wow. <laughs> all, coaching, all coaching changes and mm-hmm. firings and firings, I believe, are up to his discretion. Mm. That's a lot of power for an interim coach. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, I mean, if we were to fire Minuski, who would you – would it be Tom Sula or, or Rob Ryan, one of those two? 
for me, I would probably say Rob Ryan. I mean, I mm-hmm. I know uh, Tom Sula had he was put in a terrible situation in San Francisco, but I feel like I'd rather go with the boomer bust with Ryan because obviously he's had some pretty bad stints some places and pretty mm-hmm. good stints other places. So I would probably take the take the risk with him. I would like it to be Tom Sula, but I agree with Jack. It will more than likely be Bob Ryan. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'd agree with that. And so whew, this is a lot to process. It, you know, and another thing kind of came as a surprise to me was a few ex-Redskins were quite uh, vocal on Twitter about their thoughts on Jay. Uh, Pierre Garçon was one of them. Ricky, G, Ricky Jean-Francois said something. And uh, there's another one. Maybe it was Chris Baker. Um, that surprises me. It really did. I mean, especially from like Pierre Garcon's standpoint. I mean, you had some of your you had your best statistical years with Jay in this offense. You were tremendously effective. I mean, what? Why is this coming out now? I mean, but what, what? What does this say? I mean, I thought it was strange just because Jay's always been labeled as the players' coach and mm-hmm. the guy who the coach who all the players love and doesn't really. And that's what I believe led to all the all the players don't respect him, you know, theories, but I, th- I feel like it was kind of out of nowhere and it mm-hmm. just seemed like I couldn't tell if it was bitter. I couldn't tell if they were joking. It just felt, it felt kind of weird. And mm-hmm. I don't know, it, there was nothing positive to take away from it. And I don't, I, I don't feel as bad as Jay has been mm-hmm. over the last two year two ish years was when things started to kind of go downhill. I feel mm-hmm. like, I don't know from what I've seen, nothing re- that he's done personally has really warranted that kind of, that kind of heat from players that he's coached. I'd agree with that. Eh, that's hard to say. We're not in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, that's really hard to say. I mean, there could have been so many things behind the scenes that rub guys the wrong way. And I can see that kind of from Jay. He's sort of a kind of an abrasive personality. Sure. You know, he, he sort of thinks it's his way or the highway. And, um, you know, the, the Josh Norman headphone thing. Mm-hmm which I agreed with him on that, but I think there's a way he kind of goes about these. He's, he's a little too old school. Mm-hmm. And I think that was where, you know, even John, when he took the job in Oakland kind of said like, look, I got to change some of my ways. These guys are different. I have to let them have their cell phones in meetings and I have to let them, you know, go out on Fridays and Saturday. Like I just think it's a little bit of a different era than what Jay was really trying to establish. Sure. And I think, uh, you know, guys like guys like Garcon, Chris Baker, Ricky Francois, I would take their word for it because mm-hmm. they're all pretty stand-up guys. Yep. Especially Garcon and Baker. I mean, they, mm-hmm. those were two of my favorite Redskins that I've seen in my lifetime. Yeah. From a personality, from a community, from a playing standpoint. Mm-hmm. And for, for them to really lash out like that, mm-hmm. um, I agree with you guys. It kind of surprised me a little bit. Yeah, especially the Garcon one. Well, I... Yeah, yeah. But I would take their word for it. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know about you guys, but the Chris Thompson interview following me, and that really stuck with yeah. me. And that, yeah. that's the other side of it. Is some exactly. Of these guys really liked Jay. And, I mean, Chris is a stand-up guy as anyone in that locker room. So it's, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where you really don't know what he was like in the locker room. I, I guess he just – he worked with some people and he didn't with others. Yeah, I mean, I'd be grateful too. I would feel indebted to him as well if I'm Chris Thompson because, I mean, he's still – he's in this league today because of what, you know, the potential Jay saw in him. And he, you know, at, you know, a couple of years ago, he was the best third down bait back in the league, in my opinion. And, you know, Quentin Dunbar posted also on social, I think, Twitter today that just, you know, if it wasn't for Jay, I wouldn't be playing DB right now. So, you know, there's, I, I guess, yes, there's, there's both sides to it. But um, 
you know, for established veterans, as we've just discussed, that's, um, you know, the, there's, we're, we don't know the whole story. Absolutely. I'd agree. I'd agree, Josh. But, you know, this kind of makes me think a little bit. And it, mm-hmm. and it, is it possible that he had heavy favorites? Because do you guys remember the whole Ryan Grant? <laughs> yeah. Oh sorry. <laughs> yeah. Keep going. Like he was ride or die for Ryan Grant. Yeah. A good player, but he's not anybody that he didn't warrant the love that Jay gave him. Definitely not. So maybe that's a part of it. Chris yeah. might have been one of his favorites. Yeah, Rob know? Kelly. And, um, I don't know. Maybe that has a part of it. And and honestly, trust me, for, through my experience coaching, favorites does not bode well. It sure. does not bode well for the other guys in the locker room. Mm-hmm. He saw it on Sunday with Colt McCoy. Was do we need a coach that because I, I, as I understand. Callahan's a pretty assertive guy. He's he's um, more a little bit more strict. Um, where the term Club J has been uh, coined a few times in years past. I think it was Chris Russell that would always say that. Um, you know, does, are we going to see someone like crack the whip for the rest of the year? That works if he's respected. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how the feeling is, obviously, of Bill Callahan in that locker room, but that 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 assertiveness and things can work if the guy's respected and does his job well. Mm-hmm. Now, if Bill Callahan continues to fail and, and make big mistakes, then that assertiveness is not going to go well at all. So mm-hmm. it really depends on the ability of the coach. Sure. I, I completely agree with Josh. I mean, if he, if he actually sit, stands true to what he was saying in his interview and he continues to pound the ball and get two yards of rush like we have in the first five weeks, I don't think he's going to gain that respect. Sure. Because I, it, I don't know about you guys, but it completely shocked me when he said that in his interview that we need to run the ball more. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, if I don't know if that's a lack of awareness, but uh, if he stays true to that and we keep doing the same things that seems like we did under Jay, I, I don't think he's gonna gain the respect. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it matters to him because I think in the back of his mind he knows that he's not, he's not as high on the potential long term candidates for next year. Okay. Um, I guess in as a, in a whole, guys. I mean, we had, let's see, what is it, six seasons with Jay? Um, I think that's right. Um, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. Yeah. Um, you know, about almost five and a half seasons of Jay. What were your thoughts on him? Another. Somebody posed this question to me today and said, "Well, what would you remember about the Jay Gruden era?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "I don't think there was a Jay Gruden era. I think it." ties it's it kind of goes into the filing cabinet of the bruce allen era. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was another failure by bruce allen sure and you know his first couple of years and it was the team that shanahan and McLuhan had kind mm-hmm. of put together where he was a little bit successful um you know he i think kirk cousins was a great fit for him mm-hmm. but uh he was it came down to jay having to having a lot of say in personnel and, and game planning and things like that he failed and I yeah. think that falls solely on Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder. I think this more goes into the Bruce Allen era than it is the Jay Gruden era. Sure. I mean, I think first things first, he is was given the keys to a situation that is impossible. Um, I mean, men with much greater resumes have failed largely more than, than he did. Okay. Uh, and he was innovative in a lot of things, whether it was certain players and, you know, he was – as I remember, it was McLuhan and uh, Jay in, in lockstep showing video to Snyder and Bruce saying, we need to start Kirk and not Robert. And he was right. And he risked his job because if he was wrong on that, he would have been fired years ago. And, you know, we, 
we had some really good offenses under him. It, it was, uh, I appreciated his candor with the media and his analysis of the game. And by all means, he seems like a, a likable guy. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, you know, another one bites the dust, so to speak. I feel like when it, when it comes to Jay, and I've heard other people say this, mm-hmm. I, I truly believe he's just fit to be a coordinator. Mm-hmm. I think that's his best. That, that's where he would be best. I don't think he's – He won't be for, unemployed for long, yeah. No, I, I think he has the capability to run an effective offense in the league, and, that, and that's it, just that. I think that's what mm-hmm. he's best at, and I think he'll do well not having all the responsibilities of a head coach and just being able to focus on an offense. And the one question I'll always have was, would he have gotten fired had Alex Smith not gotten hurt? Because mm-hmm. they were 6-2 and two last year. Yeah. Great. I mean, they were a really good football team. And mm-hmm. then once he got hurt, you know, we kind of gave him a pass for the rest of the year. What was he supposed to do? Mm-hmm. But you went and pounded the table for Case Keenum. You traded for him. That didn't work. And then whether he – which I, I actually agree with some of the reports. I don't think he wanted Haskins. And I think yeah. you can tell by Haskins' body language and, and facial expressions during mm-hmm. the and stuff that Haskins knows he wasn't wanted by the coach. Yeah. Um, it, it'll kind of always be a question that I have is, you know, could Jay have been successful had Alex Smith not gotten hurt? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, there's other people around the league with worse, worse situations that have made better. So mm-hmm. it, it's just kind of one of those things that in 10, 15 years, I'll be like, oh, yeah, Jay Gruden was coached for a while. It didn't go well. You know, yeah. it's never going to be like a – a big what if or a big, yeah. Um, oh yeah, those Jay Gruden teams, you know. So it's kind of it, it's it sort of falls into the Jim Zorn category where you're like, oh yeah, he was coached for a while, it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an that's an interesting way to look at it too. And you know, I I, I don't have any really animosity towards a guy, and I I know that's uh, I sympathize him, sympathize for him. I mean, especially you know, for anyone that's been fired, it's not something I would you know wish upon your worst enemy and. You know, in in addition to that, uh, I mean, with these videos that came public uh, a couple weeks ago, and yeah. you know, I, I I'm not one to judge on on what you're doing uh, outside of football, and you know, I, I'm I'm sure we need some more context of those videos, but I, I don't care about that. Looking for, at him from a character perspective, but this is a, a family man. He has children. He has you know, a wife, and um, to see something like that go public it's just you know that's that's not fair to them yeah that was my immediate thought I mean it's just like at some point you have to look past the football and just say as far as for how this is going to affect his personal life had the family not known about it prior to it being released Mm -hmm. you just have to feel for him and it's it's beyond football at that point yeah I mean what it seemed like to me it was a guy that kind of knew he was a dead man walking and Maybe just wanted to enjoy his last few days in D.C. Yeah. Because you could tell when the guy gets real close to him with the camera and starts yelling, Jay, the look on his face is like, oh, crap. Yeah. I think, as I understand, it was from a couple of years ago, but. Um, yeah, it, it didn't look too recent. Sure. Jay looks a little slimmer now than he did in the videos. But, guys. but still, that that all, all said, it's. Um, yeah, it, it's messed up. It shouldn't have gone public. I mean, at the same time, you probably shouldn't be drunk in public talking to 20-year-old girls being a public figure. So, yeah. That, too. So, yeah, it was uh, just it was or an so unfortunate situation. Yeah. And it, it's just to, to see that from your coach is uh, 
not what you're looking for. And that just further solidified, oh, yeah, he's getting fired. I mean, as soon as possible. Yep, and he did. Whew. Yeah, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen to him next year. Again, I assume he'll be an OC somewhere, most likely calling plays, or maybe if he goes and works under his brother, uh, that, that could very well be the case too. But, you know, it's, there's rumors of, of next head coaches with uh, – I've seen one with Mike Tomlin. I've seen uh, Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh taken um, from Michigan. I've, I've seen um, Lincoln Riley. Mike – I already said Mike Tomlin, I think. Um, it's just none of those will happen. None of those whatsoever. Just I hope Snyder and Bruce can understand that no one in their right mind will come work for you two. So proceed. Yeah, I think their best shot is O'Connell just because he's in he's in the building. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm not sure. I, I agree. There's no reason, rational reason why anyone would want to, anyone would want to come here. I mean, they've seen the free agent acquisitions and people know to stay away from the money that they throw at you. So yeah, it's going to be tough for them just because of the stigma that they've built around their organization of being terrible with people that they've hired. So Mm -hmm. I wish them the best. I think, I think they'll probably end up with O'Connell, but I don't know. I can't imagine it being any of the names you just listed for those reasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, The thing I would say, and, and I know people would be very weary of, Allen and, and Snyder, but at the end of the day, there's only 32 jobs sure. in the world of being an NFL head coach, and you're going to see guys that will take a leap of faith. I really think that the the offensive coordinator from Kansas City is a huge possibility. That'd be great. Uh, he's a guy who interviewed for a couple jobs last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like he did pretty well, but wasn't able to nail one down. Um, I actually think, and some. A buddy of mine who I coached with is, is a very big Steelers fan, a very knowledgeable football guy. He said, look, Mike Tomlin would actually be a great fit because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, what he can't establish is a culture. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that he doesn't do well is hire coordinators. And I think that's very fair, especially when you look over the last five or six seasons in Pittsburgh, is guys love going to, going to war and playing for Mike Tomlin. Mm-hmm. Um, the locker room, you know, he, he's not scared to get rid of a Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown to keep that culture intact. But he has failed miserably, miserably in terms of hiring his coordinators. Sure. So, uh, in terms of where we're at, the latter can be kind of fixed as you go, but the former needs to be something that's established right away. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, and I know that the reason why O'Connell's such a hot name was because they let McVeigh go, they let Shanahan go. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Matt LaFleur was in there at one point, you let him go. Yeah. You know, and, and and they're scared to repeat that same failure. Sure. But does that mean O'Connell's right for the job? Well, I mean, I don't know, but, you, you know, it's kind of that, that way you have to weigh it. Um, I, I saw Todd Bowles, and I love Todd Bowles. Mm-hmm. I thought he got a raw deal in, in New York. I do too. Um, and then with this, you know, when he got fired last offseason, I was pounding the table. Like, look, this needs to be the defensive coordinator. Absolutely. Ex-Redskin. And he, you know, the Redskins didn't pull the trigger on that. So he went and joined up with his buddy Bruce Arians again. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing about a defensive coach like Tomlin or Bowles or you have a young quarterback that you have to develop. Yep. You've put a lot of capital into this and it needs to be a home run hire. Let's put it this way. Stop 
and I've seen it so much on Twitter today. Lincoln Riley is not coming to DC. Exactly. No, no. Lincoln Riley is in a perfectly great spot in Oklahoma where he can be patient and await for a job that completely that he just wants. Mm-hmm. So why would he just come take a job? Because for the next five, ten years, whenever he gets hired in the NFL, he's, his name's going to be brought up every offseason. Sure. And eventually, a job's going to open up that he really wants and really thinks that he could succeed in. And I'm, I really doubt Washington is that opportunity. He <laughs> for. Definitely not. So I guess in my question for you guys then is what the Redskins what, and what Snyder especially is so good at doing is that every single time that we are you know at bottom, they, they find a way to hook us again. And, you know, that 15 years ago, it was Joe Gibbs. And, yeah. you know, five years ago, it was Mike Shanahan or it was Donovan McNabb or, you know, the list goes on. Um, and I, I think I said this earlier that the jig is up. And not, Redskins fans have known for a long time that, you know, we have the worst owner in sports or one of the worst. And now it's really hitting national headlines as it should. At the same time, you know, Chad Dukes brought this up on the show today and he goes, okay, if – Urban Meyer is the head coach next year. You're telling me you're not going to get excited? And he's like, I'm, I'm going to get a little chubbed up. <laughs> yeah. And true. I'm like, yeah, it, it's, yeah. I mean, when you, when you, you know, bring in a big name like that or, 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 you know, something along those lines, it's, it's hard not to think of the, the possibilities, but you know, really the only way that this can work out in a positive way is if, uh, Bruce leaves and um, Snyder gives the reins to an, an actual football guy. Um, last time that that happened, it was um, it ended terribly with McLuhan. So, um, and even with that, it's still going to be. Uh, I I don't know if if someone can be powerful enough to, in fact, change the culture in this organization. Well, I would argue that out of all the people you just named. I think Mike Tomlin would be perfect to change the culture because any guy who can deal with and I guess keep a guy like Antonio Brown down for as many years as he did until he Mm -hmm. had to trade him. I mean, that's a guy who you want to be leading your organization, especially when you're a team like the Redskins who have had such issues with culture. Because I mean, I mean, we saw what happened with Brown in Oakland. The fact that, and from what I've heard, it's been an issue his whole career of him acting the way he has. So for a guy who can command guys like that, I, I think that'd be really good here. Sure. Yeah, but the big difference there is the Rooney family is far superior to Dan Snyder. <laughs> yeah. no, most definitely. You know, so that that ownership support is something that's very important. And it's, it's so hard to say where they go from here. Mm-hmm. You know, a sleeper, and maybe this is just lazy because of Dwayne Haskins is there, but Ryan Day from Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I think that's a real possibility. He's got a, a, an incredible reputation mm-hmm. for for developing quarterbacks and offensive schematics, and you know that was why Justin Fields chose Ohio State. Sure, um, who's also going to be a first one, round pick one day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, he mm-hmm. he may not be Lincoln Riley, but I think he's certainly in that category of a young guy who mm-hmm. has a reputation to put a successful offense and develop. I mean. Because that, that's really what it comes down to. You have to find somebody who can develop Haskins. Sure. You have to because you put so much into it with a first-round pick when you had other holes that really needed to be filled. So that, that's, where, that's really where I think it starts day one. And, and you hate to say, well, you know, you're, you're basically saying your head coach has to get along with one player. And, yeah, but that's the most important position in all the sports Yeah, when it comes down to it. So if you can get that right, 
and Haskins can become an elite quarterback, then you now you can build a team. So sure. Um, you know, I, I do want to touch more on Haskins because you know it's being reported that he wasn't a J guy, and it, it appears that um, the evaluation on him was kind of one or the other. There was others that valued him as a first round pick, and there's others that didn't see him until like the third or fourth. And you know, this appears to be a situation in which. Uh, he's not going to see the field yet, or at least anytime soon. Um, and I mean, we we just saw this last year. And I mean, we're looking at you know a top two or three pick, maybe even number one overall. Maybe we'll maybe tomorrow. I mean, next Sunday will dictate that. But I mean, could there be a situation where I mean, you have a new general manager, you have a new head coach, and you know Dwayne's not their guy. I mean, could you see another Josh Rosen scenario um, with you know? Tua or, or uh, J- Justin Herbert, you know, are are available. Well, I mean, I never really understood the confusion of why Haskins wasn't a J guy because I it makes sense that he would want Daniel Jones off the bat for this year because clearly he was the more pro ready quarterback. And I mean, of course, Dan and Bruce and all the guys in the front office were like, "Oh, we want Haskins because we think he can probably develop better over time." Whereas Jay didn't know if he was going to be here next year. So, of course, mm-hmm. he's going to want the guy who he can have production from now. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I think whoever comes here probably will want Haskins just because they know that they'll have time to work with them. Whereas sure. I think that was probably the negative aspect that Jay saw from it, from his personal situation. Mm-hmm. But I think I, I agree with you guys. You definitely need to have someone come in and, and mentor him. Just And you need to just invest in him. You've already taken the first step and built around him with – with guys, what I thought was the O-line, but that's starting to destruct the loss of Trent Williams and possibly Brandon Scherf. But like you guys said, you need to find someone to develop him and then build around him and Terry McLaurin for this offense for years to come. Yeah, because, I mean, at the end of the day, if you get a new general manager, president, whatever kind of boat that, that Allen Hypothetically, yeah. Yeah, if you get that, the first overall pick, a young stud quarterback, that does become an attractive job. Yeah. A stadium, an owner that's willing to spend money. It actually it becomes a little bit more attractive than you'd think. Yeah, and there's there's some legit young talent here, which oh. makes it even more frustrating. Absolutely. Would Maybe you guys, that's part of the problem. Maybe they're too young. Would you guys be down with Jerry Judy at number one? Oh, I, uh, I, it'd be hard to say no for, no for me. <laughs> if that tackle from Georgia is mm-hmm. available at number one, then that you, you have to pull the trigger on that. Mm-hmm. Um, Chase Young, I, I love Chase Young. That's you know that the defensive end from Ohio State. I know that's a position that we're kind of loaded at, but it's yeah. sort of like these pitchers in baseball. You can't have too many pass rushers. Yep, that'd be incredible. Not to mention, I would seriously consider trading Ryan Kerrigan, but you know they won't. But or there's <laughs> even the possibility you get the number one pick, you trade back, and you yep. get future assets. Yeah. So, um, you know that number one pick holds so much value. Mm-hmm. And I, that anybody who does come in here or interview to come in here mm-hmm. it gives them a real opportunity to create the team and the culture that they're looking for. Absolutely. And, and just look, you know, what's, what's frustrating because of course, changing a culture is quite a process, but let's look back a year ago and look what was going on with the Oakland Raiders. They were the laughing stock of the league. Oh my God, look what they're doing. Look what they're doing. They acquired three, they have three first round draft picks, all of which are producing at this point. And, um, you know, they're they're. I, I feel like the narrative of the Raiders and what's going on right now, it's it's changed in less than a year. Yeah, and I think it's I think if you were to 
sort of take their approach. I, I, I'm starting to get behind Josh's opinion that the Dolphins kind of went too far in it with their with their tank. Mm-hmm. I think if you can just acquire picks and trade away guys who that you could do with keeping, but you could also really benefit from getting rid of and acquiring mm-hmm. assets from them. I think if you could do it that way and still keep a solid structure, you could definitely make some, make a difference for years to come. Just because it feels like the way that the Oakland Raiders did it is mm-hmm. a lot more effective than the way that Miami's doing it. Because like Josh said in the last couple of weeks, it's going to take a lot longer for Miami to bounce back from where, they're, where they are now than it did, say, the Raiders. Okay. Yeah, and football's the one sport where you can turn it around in a year or two. Yes, absolutely. We've seen a lot of teams over the years do it. Yep. So, But just as fast as you can turn it around in a year or two, you can lose it in a year or two like we have. Yep. Oh, boy. This is not going to be fun. Um, let's see. I, I, I like Steven Sims. I yeah. li- let's have him play a lot more. Um, yeah, I thought Wes Martin held his own. For all, all things considered, he looks like he might be a, a starter later down the road. I'd honestly rather see if Sheriff comes back healthy. I'd I'd like to see him get some reps at left guard and see how he does in comparison to Eric Flowers. Um, because at this point, why not? Um, I, I know we mentioned that we like Cole Holcomb. And, you know, I, I like his potential. I like his upside and athleticism. But he is uh, – I don't know if he's ready to start at this point, guys. Uh, he, I would argue he has best game yesterday all mm-hmm. season. He, I mean, he just. Well, I only he, I missed most of it. I was just based off of what I was reading. But go on. Yeah, I I thought he had his best game as far as covering the underneath routes and in run defense. He mm-hmm. was just he felt it wasn't a huge impact, but it, watching him play, it looked a lot better than the past weeks from his performances, especially after bouncing back after the Giants game where he was. Mm. It was just a rough game for him. Sure. Yeah, but you know, uh, like how I argue with. Haskins putting him in that situation it really wasn't him gaining experience and him getting better mm-hmm. uh, Holcomb does seem a little overwhelmed right now but yeah. let him play through that sure it's a d- different position yeah where the experience whether he fails or succeeds is actually going to help him unlike the quarterback position so I, I think you continue to let him play sure uh, the flashes have been fantastic whereas you know he's made some real rookie mistakes mm-hmm. um, but that's okay let him play through that you can evaluate again at the end of the season, but I think he's a player that you can move forward with. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, is there anything that you want to see in addition to that moving forward or at least going into uh, this, uh, this Sunday's game? Um, I don't know. Who do we want starting at quarterback? <sighs> Jesus. I mean, I'd like to see what bad question, Tom, because I don't Miami. know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, honestly, this may not be a terrible game for Haskins to play just based on the fact, like, mm-hmm. it's not like Miami's going to overwhelm him with talent. Yeah. You know, and it's not like he's going to get overwhelmed, overwhelmed by a coaching scheme. So it could be a chance for him to, to play and stay upright and, you know, potentially grow a little bit. But the only problem is – when you face Philly or you face Dallas or you face one of those again, is he ready for that? So, sure. you know, you don't want to keep pulling them, starting them, pulling them, starting them. Cause then you're going to yeah. confidence and you're going to, you know, eventually he's going to get upset and it's going to lead into a whole new thing. So it's so hard to say. I mean, Colt McCoy looked terrible. He did been terrible for weeks. Yeah. Um, and I just don't know if Haskins really is, is ready to play, but 
I don't know. Maybe O'Connell likes Haskins more, and maybe he thinks that he can put him in a, a place to be successful. So. Sure. My my guess would be Keenum just by default. Yeah. Um, I yeah. mean, if he's healthy, that is. Uh, that would be my – I mean, out of the three, he's looked the best. And, you know, I, I know that we don't need to essentially necessarily need to evaluate Case Keenum, but at least some of the talent around them and see if, if in fact, that, you know, Steven Sims is a legit piece, if Trey Quinn can finally – you know, play as well as he practices apparently and, you know, so on and so forth. So I am off the Trey Quinn. I am too. Right. I do not think he's very good. There's nope. a reason why he felt to the seven, why he was Mr. Irrelevant. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of it's showing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can we see Sims return punts too? Oh my God. I'm, I'm oh my God. So Trey tired Quinn the ball and it falls down. It's like, <laughs> what's the point? Just try to catch it. <laughs> It's so awful. I get so frustrated watching him. I just don't think he's a good football player. No. I'm uh, being real harsh right now, but I'm, I'm over it. No, I, I agree. I agree. And kind of went over the moon with a white slot receiver. Let's be totally – let's call it what yeah. it is. Yeah. That's really what it was. They were like, oh, we got this white slot receiver. He's going to be a stud. It's like, no, he's not. He's not a good football player. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yep. All right, guys. Well, do we have a prediction for, uh, for Sunday's uh, barn burner? I'm going to go the opposite way. Mm-hmm. Three to two, Redford. <laughs> and I mean it. I'm not kidding either. I'll go 17 to – I'll say six, Dolphins. I, I really think we're about to we're about to witness the yeah. low of the lows on Sunday. Yeah, I, I think the, the Dolphins are going to win as, to, win as well, and it's going to be a – you know, I was going to say thirteen to three game. So, um, yeah, the 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 misery continues, guys. And and I don't mean this to be comical, or, or I'm not doing a bit. Are we going to win a game? There is a very realistic shot that. We yeah, if you look at the rest of the schedule, yeah. I mean, I know it'll happen. They'll show up one week against like Philly, sure. and play really well against like, a team that's just so much better. I kind of thought that's what would happen this week. With like, yeah, I did for too. some <laughs> weird DC sports reason, they beat the Patriots. Sure, that's what's going to happen. They'll end up beating somebody who's far better than them mm-hmm. on a fluke game. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I don't think they win more than three games. Sure, I, I think three is really the max. Yeah, and I'm okay with it. Yeah, yeah. At this point, me too. Not like we're going to go eleven and five. So. Yeah, I think I'm going to be watching Red Zone a lot more than I ever have in my life. So. <laughs> Buckle up. Um, all right, guys. Well, nice talking to you as, as always. And, um, you know, have fun on Sunday. If you want to watch it, go for it. If not, I totally understand. And um, I will talk to you all later. All right. It's been real. All right, guys. <laughs> See you guys. Later.